Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to what I believe is the 99th edition of Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice, and we are here in uh, early February. It means it's almost ready to, to jump off. Talking about your Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, the very active, active on the free agent market. Really, you know, setting the market, as they say. Uh uh, and joining me to do so, to talk about your Toronto Blue Jays, joining me as always. Old Reliable. Old Reliable, Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? I'm doing all right. You're doing all right? Yeah. This uh, this piece of the the globe hasn't crumbled into the fucking sea yet, so that's that's a good sign. Don't act like we're not going down with oh, it. Oh, I know. That's why I say yet, but uh, yeah, I'm still here. Whatever they call that that kind of backwash when like a big when a ship sinks... And then there's, a, there's like that suction. That's the end of us here in the great white north of Canada with our great empathizer-in-chief tearfully tweeting rather than, you know, doing things. Uh, we're talking about your Blue Jays who are going to break camp soon. Uh, they have a Canadian Baseball Hall of Famer in their midst, sort of. Roy Halliday was in the news. People talking to Roy Halliday. I could never get enough of that. He's great, yeah. Uh, uh, talking about maybe what, looking to get back into the game and you know, including the Blue Jays in those conversations. <laughs> making making life hellish for prospects. Yeah, that sounds good. There's no there's no limit <laughs> to the number of times I'm willing to hear or retell Roy Halladay kicking people's asses that were at uh, during spring training stories. But how they all just would fade away. Yes, they'd all show right, up yeah, one year yeah. and be like, "All right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to run." We, yeah, Roy wants to run. We'll run, and then within a week, they're all gone. We'll get here. It's like we'll get here at like four thirty in the morning and, and start yeah. doing doing uh, like the stadium stairs and mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, interesting, interesting revelations about his back being bad. I guess too, or maybe maybe I, I read something that Shai Davidi wrote. Um, I guess it might was last year on this time. Yeah. And uh, I thought I'd heard about his back being all fucked up before. Yeah, so his back was bad, and that wrecked his shoulder, and how he was throwing, like, in the mid... I forgot that he was throwing in the 80s, like, the mid-80s when he finished his last start in, as a Philly. And then I also forgot that he had worked out with the Jays. They were like, maybe you come back. And he's like, okay, cool. And then they were like, oh, my God, you throw 75 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> this is not going to work at all. But, uh, no, the big news, of course, J.P. Howell is a Blue Jay. Huge news. That's a big piece of news. He's a good pitcher. He's an established guy. He was once very nice. Um, so we'll talk about that, even though I think we just did. <laughs> yeah, that's about um, it. Yeah. Got that. Uh, that's, in the back. that's, I mean, you're ready to spend everybody's money. You're ready to hand out candy, contract by candy. Sure. To, to anybody who's um, who has had a reasonable season under the belt. You're just ready to sign those guys up for 80 million bucks. Nowhere would I that. say 80 million, but yes. Uh... Yeah, sure. Sign them all up. You're like, sign, sign you them know, all. Give us you know something. what I, li- I like? I like the way that the Blue Jays were still paying Ricky Romero like three <laughs> years after he was done. Uh, let's get more of those going. Um, speaking of uh, paying for things you're not getting, uh, the Birds All Day, the podcast you're listening to right now, is powered by its listeners and powered by them through Patreon. So you can head over to patreon.com slash birdsallday and uh, make a contribution to keep us going, keep us motivated and uh uh, as I've said many times before, you you can you can uh, pay and uh, and and support the things you value. So if you value what you hear here here, head over to that website, kick us a couple bucks, and we are forever in your debt. 
uh, and very thankful for everyone who has done so over the past nearly or exactly 100 episodes. Very, very close, close to that. Yeah, very close. Uh, and if you want to hear the, the, all 100 of those episodes, you could be a completer. We need to have like a cool name. I don't know if there's anybody who's listened to all of them. Um, but you could do that if you wanted to at iTunes or at any of your um, podcast hosting uh, um, sites. iTunes being the most prominent in that um, you and I have been bought and sold by the uh, Apple Corporation. But you can go search for Birds All Day on iTunes and uh, you can offer us a review or a rating. Uh, and uh, and we are very appreciative of that as well. Uh, we'd like to do this. We hope that more people can hear it. And they'll tell us what they like and don't like. And we'll keep going and keep getting better. Or, conversely, we will continue getting worse. And preachier. Because that's what everyone wants to hear. Um, when there's hot J.P. Howell takes <laughs> to be had. The hottest. They only come hot, really, when, when you're talking about J.P. Howell. Yeah, so uh, what's the deal? Everyone, I think most people will probably remember J.P. Howell in that he played for the Rays for a long time, um, and he has a mm-hmm. he had a mighty red beard, and then he played for the Dodgers, and he was okay. I don't know that he was especially like high up on the depth chart, but but not low. I don't know. He's a left-handed guy. He's lefties only, basically. That's his deal, right? Yeah, uh, I think he was okay against against right-handers, but I mean, he's mostly. He's not. I don't think he's a loogie per se. I think that you can have him. Go an inning, or, or you know, you got a couple lefties coming up, or you want to switch a guy around or something. I don't think you have to, you know, treat him like a pure uh, loogie guy, but yeah, that's that is what he is. He's, uh, you know, he's Mark Burley esque, I guess, a little bit maybe. Uh, uh, I don't, I'm not sure about the repertoire to be perfectly honest with you, but he's a guy who's going to throw 85 and and uh, make you uncomfortable with the fact that he's throwing 85, but still manage to to kick guys out or at least. Uh, <laughs> at least if his three years previous to 2016 are any indication uh this year wasn't so great for him but i think if you look at all the peripherals and uh and everything else it it, it seems like you know the luck the more luck based ones or the ones that seem to be more influenced by luck were unfortunate for him and the ones that you kind of want to see stay stable stay stable uh looked okay you know the strikeout and walk rates were all right the velocity was i think down a little bit but not not enough to be a massive concern and you had stuff like his BABIP was high and his home run rate maybe was a little bit uh you know excessively big and, and stuff where you think ah, i don't know if uh, if he'd gotten a couple breaks the numbers might look better overall and also i looked through you know his game logs and played like the ridiculous arbitrary endpoint thing where it's like you look he, he came out of the gate and I think he allowed six runs in his first two appearances of the season or in the first series against the Giants of the season. And it was really good for four months and then hit a speed bump and then was pretty decent at the end of the year as well. So uh, you can't say that those things didn't happen, obviously, the, the the little hiccups and stuff. But he's a guy who I think for long stretches will give you a lot of uh, outs against left-handed hitters especially. And then uh, sometimes he'll fucking shit the bed. But that's kind of what they all do. I think that calling, comparing him to Mark Burley is a little bit, uh, I mean, in that he's he's not a hard thrower, but he's not. he is a guy who um, manages a few strikeouts here and there, definitely more, more than uh, a Mark Burley, although he is a reliever. Um, he's a guy that gets a ton of ground balls and a guy that doesn't really walk too many people. Mm. Um, I'm just kind of giving him the Brooks baseball scouting report right now, and he's like a fastball curveball changeup guy was so it's nice to see if he has a changeup that maybe as you said he can get a right-handed batter up from time to time um one thing that i do see is a is a 
actually significant drop in his velocity from yeah. 2016 was 2015 that, to 2016. I mean, it's he was averaged, I would say, about 87. It looks like 87 and a half. Like, I would say it's a mile, like a good, like one full click off of his. Um, yeah, that's not nothing. Off his, off his velocity, especially when it's, you know, not no great uh, shake. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. It was, he was down. He was down about a mile and a half on his fastball, but everything was down too. Um, the other thing that I noticed, just from again giving him a Brooks baseball um, uh, scouting report, was a big uptick in throwing his curveball, which is which is another good sign. Again, if you want him to get out more than um, just left-handed batters, curveballs are pretty. Um, uh, what's the word like neutral in terms of mm-hmm. left and right? Yeah, provided he throws it effectively, but. Um, it's a good. It's a, he's a good guy to have back there. I don't. I mean, yeah, he's not between. He, yeah, he's he's not fucking Andrew Miller, but he's a guy who can who can be useful back there for them. I mean, you, you between him and and Aaron Loop, there's a pretty there's stiff competition for who gets to be the second lefty. Like I think they'll be fighting each other, uh, like in a, <laughs> in, in a stirring game of one downsmanship for most of the summer. <laughs> that that sounds sadly true, and also. Horrible, but hey, if we're still here in the summer, that's 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 a plus. Yeah, we're apparently we're like now we're old, um, like stereotypical Southern European immigrants. Like, uh, if I'm still alive in the summer, it would be good <laughs> to see JP Howell in the sixth inning. Like, um, uh, related to this, real quick, there was now this could be total garbage, but there was a rumor connecting the Blue Jays and David Robertson this week. Is that am I out of my mind? Or did I see that? No, that did was, you see that? That was a thing that people talked about. Yeah, I think that might have come from Nick Cafardo, though. So take that with a giant grain of you know he's always full of shit. But uh, but I don't know. I, I I I don't know where he hears stuff or what because he gets unique stuff that doesn't usually pan out. But I, I hesitate still to say. Oh well, he's just making it up. Like it's it's coming from somewhere. It, it's mm-hmm. and I think it was something like you know they were at some point they explored the idea where it's like you know maybe we're talking about one phone call once and then we're like, and they they thought no fuck this this is a terrible idea. Uh, but I I don't know. I mean they're still supposedly Ben Nicholson Smith tweeted I think yesterday or Wednesday for most people hearing this. Um, that they you know are still looking for right-handed relief options potentially uh that they weren't necessarily done with Howell. they were going to continue to to look to spend a little money maybe about that 3 million bucks that they they spent on Howell just to add another guy to the bullpen which makes sense i mean obviously robertson won't cost that little but i could see them looking at a guy like that but i could also see a guy like that being trash Dave robertson's really good what are you talking about he could be trash he's good why would he be trash He'd be trash for this team. You, you say you, you you got no time for David Robertson. Is that what you're telling me? I'm not saying I have no time for David Robertson. I'm just saying. I think that's what you just said. Okay. Well, I I I, I by as a proxy I feel disrespected right now. <laughs> well, like I'll behalf. have to I'll have to look a little closer. Maybe I'm maybe I'm allowing his his you know reputation after signing the big contract to cloud a little more. His reputation of being a Yankee. Like is that uh, is that what's clouding your judgment here? He's a good pitcher. He's he's yes, he's fine. He's a good pitcher. He could be trash. He's put up twelve wins in his career as a reliever. That's pretty good. He was worth a win last year too. The year before, he was. Ah, he's fine. He's fine. Uh, he he walked a lot of people last year. And then also the Jays seem to victimize him all the time. Maybe that's what it is. You're one of those guys now. Maybe that's maybe that's entirely what that <laughs> is. I don't know. 
Uh, uh, David, I think didn't... there's a chance for the cost that it could be trash, but but fine. Yeah, no, let's go get David Robertson. I'm I'm up for spending people's money. So yeah, uh, the for me the thing with say say you brought in a guy like David Robertson. Now there will be folks less so now that they have Howell in the mix, but be like they should get another left-handed. They need a lefty. They need a good lefty back there. And it's like I'll take my chances with just having more good pitchers. Yeah, I right? think like, so. Yeah. I, I would take my chances with a David Robertson in the 8th or ninth, and a Roberto Osuna in the 8th or ninth, and whoever else, you know, the Jason Grilly, if that magic carpet ride continues for the rest of the year. <laughs> it didn't feel so good at the end of the season, did it? Well, it just... Uh, Benoit, how would, nice would that have been if he was, um, you know, alive at the end of the year instead of injured um, from a fight? Well, That was terrific. From running in, in for a fight. That completely didn't have to happen, but yeah. But it's all good. But um, but yeah, I don't know. That it seems unlikely. What's his name? Robertson. He makes a lot of money, right? So it, it does kind of put him on the outsides of the realm of possibility. Um, it's I also interesting it, that they, yeah. Yeah, yeah, interesting that they would be connected with an outfielder, or sorry, with a with a relief pitcher when they, as as of yet, don't really have a left fielder. Yeah, uh, which is a little odd. I keep. I mean, the notion of of Dalton Pompey taking that job is is, you know, I I mean, two years ago I was like Ben Revere. You can't have Ben Revere. To, he, you know, his, his numbers then look fine compared to, you know, what I might be afraid that Dalton Pompey would produce if he was really uh, allowed to take the ball and run with it. But at this point, I could definitely go ahead and watch Dalton Pompey play in left field a bunch for the Jays this year, uh, if he hits his way onto the team. I don't think. Uh, Melvin Upton should be facing uh, right-handed pitching. And obviously, Ezekiel Carrera, I have continued to say this. I have said this way too many times, but he's not a viable platoon option. Uh, but yeah, they do kind of need an outfielder. The, uh, Chris Coughlin signed the fucking Phillies on a minor league deal. I thought that could have been an ideal uh, guy to come in and at least push Pompey for some at-bats and uh, might look look the part playing uh, in a platoon with Upton, even though that would mean... You know, Pompey back in Buffalo on Carrera saying goodbye, but uh, which he already did in an Instagram video last week. I don't know if we recall that. We did talk about <laughs> that. We, it, it was it was an emotional moment. It really uh, was for Big Zeke. Gotta love Zeke. Big Zeke, the big uh, the big hunting dripper that he is. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts on the on, on the idea? I mean, it, our thoughts are almost at this point irrelevant because this kind of looks like the mix. There's Siciliani. There's Pompey. There's uh, you know, Steve Pierce isn't going to get a lot of looks in left field. I hope to God because he is hoping because that would mean Smokes getting a lot of like all the playing time at first base, which would be a fucking disaster. Even though they have some sort of weird thing about his glove, they really like. Uh, I don't know. I'm talking uh, myself into believing in Dalton Pompey again. Is basically what I'm saying. I think that that the expectation that Dalton Pompey can play left field every day is unrealistic because I don't think that it's out of line to say that. The best that anyone can hope for, maybe, is that he hits well enough to be a center fielder, right? He hits well enough to be uh, to do what Pilar does, basically, to be a guy who can go and get it. And obviously, he is an exemplary base runner, uh, so that helps take some of the pressure off his defense, being the only source of value. But um, expecting him to hit like an outfield, like a starting outfielder, is a lot. Um, I will say this: I don't think that there's any chance that Melvin Upton doesn't get the chance to play a lot. And to and to show that he's like if he, either he's done or or useless because he they have him for free like it's free money 
for a, for an established real big leaguer. So why would they not give him every opportunity, like ha- allow every opportunity to to have him be a money for nothing kind of guy? Do you know what I mean? I do. Yeah. No, you're right. And then there, you know, that also opens the door to you know guys later on in the season. I don't think Alfred's going to be ready yet, but there's you know, Harold Ramirez or. Lourdes Gurriel, if you're really hopeful that the guy who hasn't faced live pitching since 2015 is uh, is going to get right back on track and, and be you know looking at a possible left field option for the Jays. I, yeah, I, I, I see what we, you mean. I know what you mean about Upton being free money and, and, and taking advantage of that opportunity that they have. But, oh, my God, <laughs> if he didn't make himself seem... Uh, as though he's completely useless after last season. I don't like what. What? How much more do we need to endure? Is what I'm trying to spit out. Like, hey, he, it it was ugly last year. It was really was. I mean, again, the numbers against right-handed or left-handed pitching were fine, but against right-handers, it was just a real fucking dog shit. It was it was worst case scenario. Yeah. Um, in terms of uh, what our worst fears were going to be of Melvin up to coming and who there was somebody, uh, some ex player or someone that was said, tweeted something like, Oh, oh some, there was some clown who was like, all oh, the Jays will never win. You can't win with Melvin Upton. And we scoffed and they were like, he's this and that. And like everything that guy said ended up being right. <laughs> and yeah. it was really frustrating. But uh, again, I think that just the economics of it. And then you look at, there was a good, interesting um, Jason Stark piece um uh you know that that went up this week about how the baby baseball's ro- come run out of or fallen out of love with the home run and it's got some quotes from from uh, Ross Atkins in it and he said it's about the complete player and the value of the complete player which i think because of the base running and the defense Melvin Upton is a lot closer approximation of that than like a one-dimensional slugger who can't do anything else, and so you know the sure. t- typical statue maybe that you would go and put out in left field. Do you? Th- I mean, is is Dalton Pompey kind of not like that as well? I mean, we were talking off air a bit about about left fielders and who is a good left fielder anymore, and and, and mm-hmm. the idea of hitting like a center fielder, uh, which I think you, I mean I I I think you're not wrong to be light on on what Pompey is going to be able to deliver with the bat. But how much do you need to even hit if you're playing in left field at this point? And, and especially if you're going to bring a good glove and good base running and all that other, you know, well, all that other stuff being nothing else. It was just those two things. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I, don't, I, I, I see similarities there except Pompey's actually a switch hitter. And, uh, and Upton was just, you know, he gives you that odd bit of pop he's good you know he'll he'll knock one out every once in a while but it was real tough to watch uh and it, I think was, it, it was the worst it was so bad it I was th- so bad there's no excusing it i mean i'm willing to make excuses or find reasons for optimism because again he did put together like a decent 18 months basically he had a good it yeah. just was n- the arbitrary endpoint never really lined up exactly but he was really good for a long time or, or not really good he was average which is all you would ever want um and i i'm not i'm one to believe that maybe he could he could do that again or i'm willing to hope that he can do that again it feels within the realm of possibility which i've come back to again Ugh. for a second time god but uh oh, here's an idea here's an idea so i think it was the guy's name is adrian chisholm i can't remember exactly he's a uh regular guy on on twitter um he get, suggested to me an interesting left field option and maybe it's been men- mentioned before 
Uh, it would be left fielder. Yeah, Adrian. Uh, Adrian. Chris, Chris Tim, I don't know. Adrian. I knew, uh, I, I knew the name was going to be tough to pronounce because I know, I know Adrian too from the Twitter machine. And I was like, no, oh, it's not Chisholm, but whatever. We'll, we'll, we know what you mean. I know what His you idea, mean. His idea. He does. Is that the Blue Jays sign a player to play some left field. Uh, and the player's name is Chase Utley. Which I immediately dismissed when he said that to me. I'm like, ah, oh, he's 37. He's hurt all the time. I don't want to play. Also, on, yeah. I don't. I, well, yeah, he's a garbage <laughs> human being. He is a waste man. But uh, then I, I, I was like, I on turf at that age with that body, no way. And then I thought for one extra second beyond that and changed my mind completely. Okay. Because if if you you know if you want him out there running around in left field for the first time, he's obviously been a second baseman, a, probably a borderline Hall of Fame career as a second baseman. Um, and you could convert him to left field, sure. But then you also have him as a, a nice piece of insurance at second base should the oft-injured person who is currently atop the depth chart. Um, I can fuck with that. I really can. Now, whether or not he wants to come and be a bench player or an outfielder in the American League on a concrete field remains to be fe- uh, seen. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's a trial balloon I'm more than willing to float. He was good in terms of being able to not be bad. When? When was that? Listen. (laughs) I mean, he's had an incredible career, obviously. So he's 38, I should uh, correct. Just really trying to get younger and more athletic here. How are we doing? Me making fun of Chase (laughs) Utley, realizing that, never mind. I'm not saying that that we were born in the same year, but we weren't not born in the same year. Uh, he was a two-win player last year. Wow. Okay. He he came. He was basically played full time. He got 565 at bats, at 14 home runs. Um, his slugging was you know way down. It was, he he was league average at the plate essentially. 97 weighted runs created plus. Uh, he's projected to be worse than that. <laughs> Sorry. He's projected to be. Uh, below, very much below average. Like only projects as a 85 weighted runs created plus. Okay. Because of his age, it looks like. I mean, they've all yeah, because of his age, there's significant drop offs in his power. <laughs> that's yeah. not great. Um, but thinking know, outside the box, I, I like that. I don't know. I like I. I think uh, Josh House and somebody else. I forget who the other person was. It was the other day that I saw talking also about the idea of like. Just with the way bullpens are going, with the with the backup backup catcher thing, it's like, uh, and I, and maybe this is from elsewhere too. Maybe they were pivoting off something, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, catcher's got to have an arm. Why don't you have a backup catcher who you can also you know use in relief? Well, that's the the Christian Bethencourt. Yeah, the there you go. Yeah. Former Braves prospect that the prod the Padres are doing exactly that. Yeah, exactly. That. Right. That's right. Yeah, I knew there was some um, meaning for that. Yeah, let's see more of that. Let's go. No, I think what they do is. <laughs> With the with the taxi squad, basically, where you have these three guys that are just recycling through AAA in the big leagues all year long. That, um, that I don't that I don't care for. I just there's just so many pitching changes as it is. Why do I want the backup catcher to be a good pitcher? I'd rather him be. You know, it's hard enough for him to be a good backup catcher. All right. It's hard enough to be a backup pitcher. But, I don't know. Chase Utley, something to think about, even so though he's very old. And I mean, backup catchers are bad as it is. You know, it's not like what's the downgrade really. We're talking well, now about... you're like looking for a guy who not only is a is 
<laughs> you're, 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 the pool is already so shallow. It is. And now you're being shallow. like, and you need to be able to pitch as well. <laughs> like, come on, come on. You need me to know this pitching staff inside and out. Play once a week and pitch. What? A, no fair. No oh, fair at all. Okay. Um, this I, I mentioned it before, but this thing about the about the end of kind of the the, the one dimensional player or the game is falling out of love with the home run. I think this is related to the thing we said just now about left fielders, mm. where. You know, everyone's kind of shrugging their shoulders like, Chris Carter doesn't have a job. He had 40 home runs last year. And it's like, well, he can't run and he can't field and he can't get on base. And also he does hit a lot of home runs. But the thing is, I th- as I think so about give it. So him, give him a three-year, $33 million contract. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> the way that I think about it is, but he can get on base. Out of the game. Yes, um, everybody hits home runs now. So while... The guys who made it be at the top, like uh, you know, like a like uh, Chris Carter or like a, another I don't know one dimensional kind of player, um, those guys do hit a lot more home runs, but they're not as separated from the pack anymore. Which is why I think you see everyone has a shitty left fielder because you know it's not really worth the investment because a good player or a or like a mediocre left fielder or a decent left fielder, they're basically the same. Um, again, you go through like who are the good left fielders in baseball right now? Uh, the answer is not a lot of them. There's not a lot of good left fielders. Not a lot of guys who make a lot of money also to play left fielder. That's other than Justin Upton and Alex Gordon. Which, uh, if that's how you want to get down, then you know, go crazy. But <laughs> yeah. But I just I just think that that it, you're uh, in many ways better off just kind of you know going going in a different direction and and just. You know, to the say the 2015 Blue Jays credit, be like, let's look at what we need, and can we get a player who can provide those things and then do that role? Um, and then you meant you made a point before we were recording as well about um, first base, like how people have sort of punted on first base in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a famous um, piece about about that, about how not even just people, but like the the piece was about the the worst projected WAR at first base. The five worst teams are basically all contenders. Except for the Cubs, who have a very good first baseman. Well, yeah, they're not all the contender. I think the, I think it was like mm-hmm. the Rockies were in there not, too, who want to right, contender right. contender. But it was like you know, it was the Jays and the I think the Mariners were in there. Even you know, even mm-hmm. though you may you may have some different thoughts about the Mariners, they're all right. I forget the other teams, but they're but uh, Texas and uh, decent That's teams. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a matter again. I, I think it comes back to diminishing returns, where you if you end up first base, obviously gets they usually get paid very much. Um, in the old older models, where now it's like you need to be good if you have a good shortstop and you have a good center. You need to have a good center fielder now. Like everyone's center fielder, they're they're all so good because they're kind of hurting these players when they're younger. Like be one of these four. If you don't do one of these four jobs, you're not going to become a big leaguer. Now mm-hmm. you need to be able to be like an amateur shortstop so that you can fall to amateur third baseman because there's the league is bananas lousy with with insane hall of fame third baseman center fielder everyone can everyone's a five tool center fielder and the best player of the last 50 years plays there uh every team has a shortstop who's like a six win guy just like they have they're falling out of trees now uh, it's great in some <laughs> yeah. ways yeah it's like oh yeah with the guy who plays shortstop for our team is six foot five and he's a he can run from baseline to baseline and he's gonna hit 25 home runs like it's crazy the game is crazy it's it's very strange well, um, this, this and, is what like Atkins is saying about the complete player too. You know, yeah. not even position to position, but like, yeah, you invest your money in the guy who can play shortstop and also hit a little bit. Uh, the guy who can play center field, as opposed mm-hmm. to. 
dumping a bunch of money into first base or into DH. And at the amateur level, I think it, it starts there because it's like if you want to get noticed, if you want to get you know drafted or you want to move up, you need to show that you can do the things that those guys need to be able to do. Well, you, you look at Rowdy Tellez and how he's viewed yeah. as a prospect, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, even like uh, you see that all the time, too. And it, it, it sometimes uh, players change perceptions. But a player even like Paul Goldschmidt, right, mm-hmm. where he wasn't as good and, and he was a first baseman and he kind of scoffed at it. And a guy like Keith Law was like, oh, he's just like a softball player out there. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait, he's amazing. He's one of the best players in the game and he's an incredible athlete as well as being a, just a first baseman. But um, speaking of spending their money, um, you have decided that the Blue Jays need to extend – um, any number of players, but you mentioned this week. Last week, you were spending all the money on Josh Donaldson. This week, you have them spending money on Marcus Stroman and Aaron Sanchez. Is that accurate? Well, no. I, I was, I was kind of, I was considering what an extension for them might look like. I'm not saying run out and do it right now. I, maybe I did say that last night when the the Carlos Martinez deal happened. I was like, just give that deal to Stroman, which is perhaps a bit presumptuous. Um, but yeah, I don't know. They're in a position where. Obviously, the Ricky Romero thing and and giving long contracts to young pitchers can work out poorly. Uh, you you probably want to you want to think about making uh, long term bets on those guys, but they're but just because of the way arbitration works and and because of you know you can kind of see a little bit into the future where their salary is going there. There's 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 ways to think about what those guys are going to get paid you know in the coming years and to make it worth both parties' while to. Uh, to find an extension that'll keep them around a little bit longer. I, I think there usually is. Uh, uh, and and that's something I think that they will at some point explore with Sanchez next year, probably. Probably not this year, because he's not even into arbitration yet. And then Stroman, uh, he's a Super 2, so that makes it interesting. And, and you maybe want to see more out of him before you start thinking about giving him a lot of money. But also, maybe not. Maybe you don't want to see too much that he becomes too expensive uh, they're in an enviable position obviously i think because of you know the arbitration suppresses their salaries and stroman's here for four passes through arbitration so mm-hmm. so I, I, in the piece i wrote i said you know they might just want to go four years with him and then and then walk away that might that might be the most sound thing to do rather than thinking too much about well who, why let's why four well let's get let's get five or six i mean that's that's starting to get a bit uh outlandish but sanchez i think is another story because uh you know, next winter he'll be looking at three years from free agency, and even though he's, he's got Boris, so he's kind of lining up for uh, getting a big payday at some point. But uh, but he'll still be in a position where uh, signing an extension could be mutually beneficial, I think. And even though that doesn't seem to be a typical Boris client uh, thing to do, mm. if you make it in their financial interest, then they'd be dumb not to. One way that I've started to think about these kind of contract extensions, especially the early, as they come earlier is as breakout insurance from the mm-hmm. team perspective. And I think that of of the two of them, it's Stroman that I may be more wor- wary, especially with that Super 2, of needing that kind of breakout insurance. So if, if I can get Stroman's name on a contract now, before he starts to make those rounds through arbitration, and before he actually has one of those years where he puts it all together and then suddenly makes himself that much more valuable through with the you know through the means of arbitration mm-hmm. you do it and if you're stroman you obviously have to take that in mind when you look at what you're going to sign but also say that maybe this first 45 million dollars or 60 million dollars whatever it is um, is a nice piece of insurance to get lest i go the tim Lincecum route where you've left 
$100 million on the table by betting on yourself through arbitration and then turning into... Tim well, Lincecum. Tim Lincecum. Yeah, um, unfortunately. You're having your career essentially be over because you are not good anymore. Um, and not to say that that's going to happen to Marcus Stroman, but that's the advantage. There's always that carrot that... that that there's always those chances that you could just go bust or you're, you know, pitching. It's just one day you're great and then you're not. Um, so I, I like the idea of, of, of dangling that carrot in front of Stroman and, and kind of providing that kind of cost certainty for the team while also giving him um, as much as you as much as he can get while also, you know, again, balancing the risk and reward. Yeah. Where, where Sanchez, I'm, I'm, I'm. Maybe Sanchez already had his breakout, right? Like, how much better is Sanchez going to be? Yeah, is he, he going to be better than he was last year? <laughs> um, is he going to get? It's possible. You know, like, I mean, it, but yeah, not not probably not leaps and bounds better. Yeah. So if he does that again, or if maybe he manages to put together like again, well, if, if, if he does that again, arbitration. If he does that again, he's basically Martinez right now. Basically, you know, coming off a couple of four or five win seasons with in his first pass at arbitration with a lot of similar numbers because of starting in the bullpen and you know. Because yeah, the exact true, same true. age, they're basically there. There's a lot of parallels between those two. I probably if, want to if he has if he repeats his 2016, which is obviously a big if. Yeah, and, and that's why Carlos Martinez is rich now, and Sanchez is merely pre-rich. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, no, uh, it's uh, it's interesting, and and again, it's you know, guys like you and I are much. I think are pretty inclined to say. You know, root for the players to get the money that they deserve, as opposed to being like everything that everything contract the team needs to sign needs to be the team robbing the player blind and take, <laughs> yeah. taking money yeah. out of his pocket and putting it into theirs. Um, but you know, the the Eric Hinsky, that first million is the one you want to get, or whatever he said. <laughs> but well, as you as you always say, you know, it's if if a guy if a guy makes himself that valuable, then he's pitched very well for your team, right? Like like. Like yeah, I mean, a, I, that would be a good thing for the Blue Jays if they if they're at a point where it's like, oh man, Aaron yeah. Sanchez and Marcus Stroman are going to cost us a shit ton of money. That means they've been very good. Yeah, yeah, that's that's also true that they that are and I've made that argument many times that arbitration is that that if you're if if three years from now we're being like, man, Marcus Stroman is going to cost twenty two million dollars next year. Um, the blue, what are the Blue Jays going to do with their payroll? It's going to be like, well, they're going to have to celebrate because they've got a ridiculous pitcher who's been good for like five years in a row. Mm-hmm. That's what they're going to do. They're going to be, they're going to celebrate because Marcus Stroman has developed into a star quality pitcher, um, which would be great to see. Great for his um, brand too, frankly. What isn't good for his <laughs> brand? He's uh, but off the snaps again. I we were talking about this a little before. I, I'm kind of off Instagram right now. But Stroman doesn't snap. But you know when the the thing about Marcus Stroman snaps, I wasn't really into them. They were getting really tiresome. Hmm. Wow. I'm just yeah, like I, I've I've gotten to the point in my life. I'm now old enough that I am very resentful of sneaker culture. I find okay. it like odious. I find it a little odious and like and like grotesque. I don't know. I just it's like easy with the fucking shoes all the time. Everybody in the whole world. Um, so there's only so many sneaker shots that I can take. But I'm just like, just I don't care. But your stupid shoes. So have they been wearing them on your lawn, perhaps? <laughs> Tramping down the grass. You know how much time and energy I put into the edging along the driveway? Come on. No, I don't have grass. Are you kidding? Can you imagine having a lawn? That would be horrible, yeah. Hard, hard, hard pass. No, thank you. Um, and so, but that's it. Is there anybody else's money that you're, uh, you're looking well, to spend? We did say we would talk a little bit about extending Donaldson. 
last week. That's we that, oh, last week. That's right. We teased it. Yeah. So we probably shouldn't not do that a little bit. Well, why? Why? If you're Josh Donaldson, why? Other than I really want to be here. It would have to be because they fucking backed a truckload of money up. Yeah. Like a literal truck. Like it's gonna be insane what he's what he could expect to get. Yeah. Yeah, right? like, I, what I did, the, the ship may have sailed on them getting some sort of, you know, discount out of this, yeah. So, it, it's a little early to say that, I guess. I mean, he, so he's still on the final year of his two-year deal that he signed last winter. Uh, mm-hmm. That'll be for this year. And then he'll have another pass-through arbitration. So uh, the hope would be that at this point, you know, at, at this time next year, they've sealed up something for a bunch of years in the, in the future. But uh, why would he do that, like you said? Well, I mean, look at say, think about Evan Longoria, right? So everyone remembers the contract that Evan Longoria signed. He signed a six-year contract worth seventeen and a half million dollars. Um, basically, he, after a day, a day after his first big league game, uh, and he had three options, right? So uh, then Longoria signed a ten-year, one hundred and thirty-five million dollar contract that ate up those first three options, where he's still making not a lot of money. No, but he's he's so right now Evan Longoria is making thirteen million dollars a year. Uh, and that's all it ever really is. So uh, even Longoria is like a terrible comp because Longoria was so un- artificially underpaid for so long. He's never even, I mean, that's, he still makes a lot of money. Let's not kid ourselves. But he's never going to catch up to to what he should get. Um, because, again, like, like what's the ceiling? What's, if, if you're Josh Donaldson, there is no comp, right? Who, who, who would hit free agency being as good as he is? No, but very few. Nobody, not many players are as good as he is. Not many players are coming off of like a Mike Schmidt (laughs) era, like age 27 to 31, you know, jaunt. That's ridiculous. But the other thing you can't get away from with Donaldson is that he's old for his age. And that's, I mean, that's the thing too. He's he's like destined to be a winner's curse kind of a guy a little bit. Like whoever, whoever. He's destined to be Bautista, basically. He's gonna. He's never gonna get what he could have gotten, probably, because he's a late bloomer, and these late bloomers are just kind of. They just don't get the same opportunities in, in in their way. But I mean, yeah, you think it's gonna change? I mean, well, what did Chris? Like, how old was Chris Davis? How, what did he, and what did he get? He got a hell of a lot of money. Um, that he did. That's a good point. He got a stupid amount of money. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think he would have been maybe a little younger than. And Donaldson will be when he hits free agency. Maybe even because Donaldson's going to be twenty-two or sorry, thirty-two, thirty-three. Maybe I don't think. Yeah, Chris Davis was only—he's only thirty now. Like Chris Davis is, is going to play this as his age thirty-one season. Mm-hmm. So Donaldson will be, I guess, a year older than that when he gets to free agency. But Davis got seven years, one hundred and sixty-one million dollars, which is to be for, to be a first baseman. So provided Donaldson could still hit like he can when he goes. You know, across the diamond to play first base, if that's what his fate would be after he's finished playing third base. Which, there's what, uh, unless he's hurt, why would he move over? Adrian Beltre is yeah the one the the Hall of Famer that you should always obviously use as a comp for any good player. That's just good in good conscience. You want to compare as many players as you can to Adrian Beltre, and it's only fair. I think that's right. Yeah, I um, I don't know. So like, so. Somewhere, when did Votto sign his deal? That was that was a while ago, I think. Too long ago for it to... 
It would be like, I think, well, what, Donaldson is 31 now? Let me look this up. Because that's, that, yeah, that's Don, just no, Don, So Donaldson... Donaldson yeah, just turned 31. Yeah. And he'll be a free agent after two years. So yeah, he will be 33. His birthday's yeah, okay. in December. So he'll be playing his age 33 season. Uh, Votto's 33 right now. So yeah, he did not just sign that contract. Uh, yeah, thirty-three. It's uh, that's not a that's not the ideal age to be hitting free agency. Now, I mean, we I, we don't As I don't said. we don't have the time or the inclination to get into the aging curves for third base. Um, I know that the aging curve for second base is severe. Like when you get old, you get old fast. At second and base. yet, Chase Utley, our left fielder, because he's a left fielder, he's not a second baseman anymore. So that's fine. <laughs> right. Um. But again, Donaldson has that um, kind of advantage in that he's so good and he has so far to come down should he start to decline. And the other, again, you could play devil's advocate and be like, the way he plays is kind of makes even him a greater injury risk because he plays so balls out all the time. But I think no matter what would happen, no one's going to get be disappointed or mad if they if there's a Josh Donaldson contract extension announced on the second day of the season or whatever. No, um, I wouldn't expect it, but... No. Yeah. But, like, even to start thinking about what it would look like, it's really... It's tough because the... I don't know. I don't. I just don't know. But I, I don't know why he would settle for anything less than 25 or $26 million a year at this point to put him through his... I mean, you look at the, lot, look at the extension. Look at the years, extension so. that Miguel Cabrera signed. Obviously, Josh Donaldson is not Miguel Cabrera because nobody is. Um, but that's... Again, I think we... Well, I think I'm going to call myself out here mm-hmm. and say we need to declare a moratorium on comparisons to tigers long-term contracts <laughs> because none of them make any sense it's like the ned coletti rule coming back the old ned coletti rule yeah. that you can't use a dodgers trade as a comparison because it was insane and you can't you you can't be like well the victor martinez contract because that's also insane even though he was quite good last year um, also by the way a great sam miller piece on espn about how victor martinez might be the worst base runner of all time uh, really cool and fun and very <laughs> Sam Miller. Just, I'm just glad there's somebody below Kendry's. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> Victor Martinez makes Kendry's Morales look like Billy Hamilton. <laughs> as, as it, I it's Mar- it. the, the, the years ago, the, speaking of going back to years ago, the GIF was it where he just where he was like dead to rights at the plate, so he's just like nope, just like a hard right turn, like just yeah, yeah amazing. <laughs> there's there's a there's a Sam uses a GIF of. One of those again, where he's out by 15 feet, and he doesn't quite like just veer off course, but he is so visibly gives up on the play and is not interested in hurting himself or the catcher or the umpire or any of the past oh, innocent bystanders. So he just sort of goes towards the cutoff at the front of the plate and just kind of like, man, I'm done with all of this. But, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's tough. This is this is scintillating radio. I'm talking about what Josh Donaldson might get and having shrugged shoulders be the response, but um, it's it's it, because he's so good, and there's the, you have to believe or you can choose to believe that there's so much left in him, even as he ages and declines. Um, he's a guy who I saw some of the the BP Toronto guys tweeting about like the how he decreased his strikeout rate and increased his walk rate while still you know maintaining prodigious power and uh, just being such an absolute beast. Um, if you're going to bet on any of skills to age well, it's those. Mm-hmm. 
right? Like that is a guy that I'm like, yeah, he, what is he good? Like how bad could he, he's not Chris Davis, right? He's not a guy who strikes out 30% of the time. And you're just hoping he keeps running into fastballs long enough to be viable. He's not that at all. He's more like a David Ortiz type in his way, in that the strikeouts could potentially continue to come down to the point where you are astounded at how good a hitter he is. Um, this is the completely unfair and like totally <laughs> not realistic comp edition Apparently. of Berthold. I think in a lot of ways, Josh Donaldson's like Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> Give him all the money. Give him all the money. He never strikes out, and he very rarely abuses his movie star wife. Um, that Joe DiMaggio used to mistreat his wife, Marilyn Monroe. Did what? you know that? I the ins and outs of that. I Mr. Coffee himself. Yeah. Mr. Coffee himself. What a piece of shit. Um, I'd, I'd have to. I'd have to look that up, but I will not. I will not disbelieve what you're saying. Uh, I feel strongly that Josh Donaldson, who um, uh, would not be that kind of guy, he he put, does not put out that vibe at all. Um, but that's it. That's all for this week. Um, it's been scintillating. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. Uh, at a good length, good time. <laughs> not too long. Not too short. And I believe we're like 10, 11, 12 days out from spring training starting. Can't wait. And the WBC is this year. I'm going to go full Morosi this year. It's going to be <laughs> bananas. No one's going to give a shit except for me. And no one will give any more shits than I do. I regretfully, uh, I feel I have some stuff I got to work on with my game. So I don't think I'll be covering the WBC this year. Uh, yeah. Oh, I, just, I, well, I have to bow that's out. A shame. I am. Uh, I am a patriot, don't get me wrong, but... Uh... Selfish Votto. <laughs> selfish, selfish Joey Votto. Sorry, uh, Justin Morneau's out here ready to make his free agency case p- pitching against Mexico, or batting against Mexico and Venezuela. Good on him. Can't be worse than smoke. <laughs> All right, that's it. Uh, for Mr. Andrew Stoughton, my name is Drew Fairservice. We will talk to you next week on Birds All Day. <laughs>